Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. And welcome back to the Carolina Contractor Show. And I'm saying welcome back because we got a sequel. It's like a it's like a Marvel movie. You do one episode and it's so good you have to do a second one. And that's the case with today's guest. It's going to be Rich Brown with Prime Energy Group. He's a spray foam specialist, and we learned a lot about spray foam. You want to hear the first part of this show, you can go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and download that episode and listen to it, and then it'll make a lot more sense. And Rich was kind enough to come back for a second episode because we left off with what entails the installation of spray foam in a house, and it can be a new build or it can be an existing house. And we're going to use these parameters. You did the attic. And you also did the crawl space and we've installed all that stuff. And we're going to start our questions off there. But first, just thank you again, Rich, for coming back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's a great opportunity to talk about this product. And thanks to Donnie, the general contractor and host of the Carolina Contractor Show, because you're the one that ran into Rich and, and said, we got to get this guy on the show. And it's it's been a blast because you were right, Donnie. He, he just knows this so well. Yeah, last week I made the comment that Rich is probably the best salesman in any trade I've ever run into. And uh, we talk about building science stuff uh, week in and week out. And when I met this guy, I said, holy cow, he has a wealth of information. And I really want to get that out there because a lot of our listeners you know, are either living in an existing house or going to build a new house. So I think what you said last week was just wonderful. And thank you again for coming back. No problem. All right, Rich, let's jump right back into this. As we left us, everybody on a cliffhanger last week's episode, we had just uh, talked about what entails an install. So we're going to take the position that you're doing the attic in the basement and your guys are finishing up. They've uh, got their equipment out. They're taking their booties off and, and you're telling the homeowner, all right, we finished up. What's the, the some of the first things a homeowner needs to know and ex- notice after an install of spray foam insulation from you? So when they walk in the door, they will smell plastic because that's what we just did is put a whole lot of plastic up in their attic and under their floors. That's a smell that will dissipate anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. The important part is, is that we kicked them out of their house while we sprayed it and for 24 hours after. And that's the period where the volatile organic compounds, everybody hears about VOCs from paint on their walls, from their carpets, from their furniture. Those VOCs dissipate in the first 24 hours to the point that the EPA and the American Chemistry Council is very comfortable with them returning to the house and not having any kind of problems. Um, one of the brands that we spray specifically is the only insulation of any kind allowed into the American Lung Association's health houses. These are houses built for people with debilitating asthma and allergies. And this is what they're putting in there. And this happens to be the Isonine brand. But there's quite a few foams that would fit that bill. And they may be by now. I I don't watch it all the time. But the next thing they're going to notice is a change in comfort in their house. They're going to, the hot spots and cold spots disappear. If you've ever walked up your stairs to the second floor in the summer, and every time you step up a stair, you feel your face getting hotter and hotter, that goes away. And as a matter of fact, in my house, I like it cool to sleep. So I keep upstairs two degrees cooler than downstairs. So people are always, they go up the stairs and they turn around and go, why is there cold air falling down at me in the middle of the summer? 
and it kind of throws them off a little bit. But the thing about it is, if you have bay windows um, with a conventionally insulated house, you felt those breezes every time you sit in there. Um, if you have tall ceilings, like you walk in your front door and you look up 25 or 30 feet, if you took a reading on that air, it changes dramatically as you go from the bottom to the top with a conventionally insulated house. With spray foam, I expect there to be a one to two degree difference between the floor you're standing on and the peak of the roof 25 feet above your head. So the next thing you'll notice is a change in your bills. If we sprayed your attic and your crawl, what my customers that have given me the information, the year-to-year information on their heating and cooling bills, the difference when you do both of those things has averaged 37.5%. Some houses get better results. Some houses get slightly less result, but mostly you get outliers that get huge results like these 100-year-old farmhouses in Chatham County that their bills drop three, four, five hundred $500 a month because they've been, especially their heat has been ridiculous. But in my house that was built in 1996, 2,150 square feet, two-story room over garage, extremely common makeup. The difference in my bills year to year, and I did my attic in my crawl space, the difference in my bills year to year 11 years ago was $1,180. Now, the cost of my electricity has gone up somewhere around 15 times during that period. So my best guess is I'm saving around $1,400 a year compared to what I would be spending. Now, while I was spending all that money, I was also extremely uncomfortable. In the summer, my attic would be 155 degrees on a 90-degree day. My second floor would not come out of the 80s until well after dark and almost never during the middle of the summer, almost never got below 76, 77 degrees. The HVAC guys would probably pull their hair out if they saw what I do because now my upstairs thermostat is locked at 68 year round and my downstairs thermostat is locked at 70 or 71 year round. And yet when I get those little bills from Duke Power that show your house and the average house and an efficient house, my line is the bottom line where it used to be the top line. I know that you were talking about a retrofit application. So you were in an existing house and you did the attic and the crawl space do you guys have anything or any way? I've heard of drill and fill in the exterior walls. Is there any product or service that you guys offer to insulate the wall cavities with spray foam after the house is built? There is not, in the, in, unless they basically either take the sheetrock down or take the siding off, the siding and sheathing off. My stuff expands at a rate of 100 to 1 in 7 seconds, so it would do part of the job of removing your sheetrock for you. <laughs> Right. Like you mentioned last week, I mean, the stack effect is what you're trying to eliminate. So that heat transfer is moving from bottom to top. So it's always moving up and down. And, and I agree that crawl space and the attic are, are by far the most important. I just had that question. And one way we retrofitted a lot of houses um, back when weatherization got the big push, I want to say 15 years ago, is we would take the casing off the windows and the doors. And we basically just sealed the low expansion foam uh, around the the jams of the windows and the doors. And that seemed to make a big, big difference. Yeah. And as of 2012, that's actually a minimum requirement, even for a fiberglass house 
that they use the canned foam around the doors and windows. And it does help. And one of my funnier stories about a customer is I had I had somebody that we did business with call me from Charlotte and ask me to drive a truck over there to insulate his house. And I said, look, you know, I can give you the name of a bunch of spray foam companies over there that are reputable. He said, yeah, I need somebody from out of town. And I said, why? He goes, think about who I am. I'm a vice president of a large fiberglass company. I don't want anybody knowing I'm putting spray foam in my house. And after we sprayed his attic, he called me about two weeks later. He goes, okay, now you got to explain something to me. I said, what's that? He said, I'm standing in my daughter's room. And the day before you came, it was 92 degrees and there was a less than five mile an hour breeze and the sun was out. And at 3 p.m., her walls were 83 degrees. And now all the same conditions, her walls are 73 degrees. Hmm. How is that possible? And I said, "Ah, again, we stopped. We slowed down the stack effect. So there's no longer air running up through her walls and into the attic and dragging heat along with it, heating up the sheetrock. And so since it's staying put, as your air conditioner permeates that wall and gets into your fiberglass, then again, you get a better result. And he thought for a second, he goes, ah, he said, you just put my fiberglass walls into laboratory conditions. It eliminated two different types of heat that were present before. It's a bunch of nerd talk to me, but I think that's pretty cool. So Rich, (laughs) I'm assuming then your HVAC system is running less often because of this. And that in turn means HVAC systems in general with a house that has this spray foam insulation would last longer because they're running much more efficiently and not as often. Exactly. And that's, and I should have mentioned after the change in comfort, they should have noticed the difference in how long their system is running. My second floor system in the summer ran almost continuously. And of course, what did I do? I got out the stopwatch and my wife laughed at me um, because it went from running roughly 60 minutes an hour on a 100 degree day to 27 minutes an hour. And anything less than 90 degrees, it only runs about 17 minutes per hour. Yeah, that's strong. And, uh, you know, you basically eliminate the need for the HVAC system to take care of temperature and humidity. You know, the temperature is not going to swing very much. So basically it cycles on and off just to take care of that humidity ratio. So that's a big deal. My, um, I'm glad you said comfort as well. My HVAC guy, he's a whiz and he always tells folks, Hey, we can go efficient all day long because that's what the big push is with the new electrical codes and so forth. But he said, man, if you're going to spend this kind of money, take care of yourself, you know, invest in the comfort. So um, I just like how it all jives. You know, you can't get the maximum comfort from your HVAC without having the right insulation package in place. And I really feel like spray foam and HVAC systems that are efficient play really nice together when all the right parts are in place. Absolutely. And that's the funny part was after I did my attic, my, I thought that my attic system was on its last legs because it was having so much trouble. We put the spray foam in and the dang thing lasted another seven and a half years before I finally got a 90% efficient unit instead of an 80% efficient unit. Because again, the coils weren't icing up. The pan underneath it wasn't always full of water the way it was before. Now, if you spend any time going into your attic in a conventional attic, you'll notice all summer there's water in that pan underneath your unit. 
the only thing in that pan underneath my unit is rust. Mm. That's it from, from when it used to be full all the time. And this is a Carolina contractor show, and we're talking with Rich Brown. He's uh, we're calling him the spray foam insulation guru. If you've ever wondered what spray foam can uh, do to your house, the advantages of it. Well, we're in the thick of that, talking about extending the life of an HVAC unit and just the overall efficiencies of an insulation like this in your house. We are big proponents on the Carolina contractor show on ROI, return on investment. But most of the things we talk about when it comes to getting that ROI take a while. Like if you replace all your windows or if you put in better weather stripping or you upgrade to a more efficient unit, you don't see the the benefits of that ROI as quick. But it seems in, in your case, you really can pay for this spray foam insulation very quickly with the amount of money you save and the less wear and tear on HVAC units. Yeah. On a new house, we call it the 30-day payback because... If you, let's say on a 3,500 square foot house, let's say you spend 6,500 or let's call it $7,000 more for your insulation, you're looking at somewhere around $42 per month worth of extra mortgage. And yet you're going to, on that same house, you're going to save between 85 and $110 a month on your heating and cooling bills. So it pays you back the first time you get a heating bill or cooling bill it's already paying you back. You've already made money on an existing house where we're going to, you know, you're going to spend money for us to remove and dispose of your old insulation and then put the foam in place. It is during normal times, during average times, it is a six to seven year payback. And I always make the same bad joke. That means in 14 to 15 years, you're going to double your money. And if you go find me a municipal bond where I can double my money in 14 to 15 years, I'll buy it immediately. And so on top of that, you're looking at all those years of much greater comfort, of sleeping better, of hearing a lot less street noise, of not smelling the smoke from your idiot neighbor that burns leaves. Because again, all that stuff stops coming in the house. The pollen, the dust, and the dirt stops coming in through your attic vents and sifting down into your house all year. I think the other thing that... um is my favorite attribute. Actually, the ROI is my favorite attribute because insulation is the number one fastest payback that you can do to your house. And we commented a couple years ago about how your house can pay you. And what you just said, it was a great example, but I like it that it's a permanent upgrade. Uh, we did a show a while back about upgrades for your house and things like roofing and HVAC, they're guaranteed to wear out and they're big ticket items. So I think the fact that insulation, especially with spray foam, uh, it doesn't have a shelf life. So when it's in place, it's in place for the life of the house. And that is just a really attractive thing to me. Right. And it's guaranteed, matter of fact, not to change in any fashion for the life of the house. And even though now the brand, the brand that I prefer, their lifetime warranty has unlimited transferability to new owners. That's how confident they are that there's going to be no change. And in 38 years, they've spent $0 on that warranty. But even the lesser brands that have a lifetime warranty that's not transferable, don't forget, you live in North Carolina. Every warranty is transferable once. So that means when you go to sell your house, you can tell the next homeowner, hey, don't forget, you're still under warranty. For the, for the length of time you own this house. I really like the dollar amount examples that you gave. And what I tell my homeowners is that if you build the house just code minimum, you know, your utilities may run anywhere from 10 to 12 cents per square foot. 
But if you do these upgrades, 2x6 exterior walls, spray foam insulation throughout, a higher efficiency HVAC, you know, every house I have, uh, the utilities are ranging anywhere from four to five cents per square foot. So in the big picture, especially on the new construction, um, I've said this a few times on the show over the years, but uh, back when I had a lot of free time before children and so forth, I did a spreadsheet and I plugged in Duke Energy's price per kilowatt hour increases. And I did that to the tune of a conservative amount. And what that told me is when you do these upgrades, of course, you're spending several thousand dollars up front. But when you look at that, combined with the price per kilowatt hour increases, it's basically in the life of a 30-year mortgage, you pay for the house once or you pay for it twice. And that is super strong. So Rich, I have a question about where in the country this might be better than others, or is it pretty much all equal when it comes to spray foam insulation? You get benefit everywhere, but for vastly different reasons. Two-thirds of North Carolina is in zone climate zone three, one-third is in climate zone four. When you get to climate zone six and seven, you're in places where the difference between the outdoor temperature and the temperature in your house can be 100 degrees. When you get to the point where the difference between inside and outside gets to about 70 degrees, you have to be concerned about the potential of condensation on the inside of the house. So where I talk an awful lot about open cell foam, when you get to climate zone six and seven, it's all about closed cell foam because they don't want any migration of moisture that causes major problems. But in our case, where we've got our biggest problem is hot, humid summers. And one of my biggest problems is when it gets cold like it is right now. And only, you know, it's only in the high 30s, yet my house used to get so dry that I'd wake up with bloody noses every morning. And so I had three two and a half gallon humidifiers running all winter, one in each bedroom. And I was so I was throwing seven and a half gallons of water in the air just trying to keep my house a reasonable humidity. Since I sprayed, again, even though I didn't spray the walls, because the air's not rushing up from the bottom and out at the top and dragging all the humidity in my house with it and replacing it with, you know, 20 or 30 percent humidity air. I haven't taken those humidifiers out of a closet in 10 years. Even, you know, down in the most humid, Florida, Louisiana, Open Cell is a great product that works perfect. And because we have a combination um, climate where if you had a vapor barrier on it, half of the year it's in the wrong spot, okay? Your vapor barrier always ends up pointing in towards your house. Well, all summer, that's the wrong place for it because your hot, humid air comes right up to it and gets trapped there by the cold air in your house. So with open cell spray foam, we don't want a vapor barrier anywhere. We don't want plastic up. What we like is Tyvek on the outside of the house or a similar product that is an air barrier, but not a vapor barrier. And three and a half inches of my spray foam has an almost identical vapor permeability to Tyvek. So they they match up very well with each other. Isn't it true that Tyvek is semi-permeable, meaning it keeps the water out from the outside, but it allows moisture to escape from the inside? Yeah, you can. it's amazing. You can make a bowl out of the stuff and pour water in it and it won't leak. Yet, if you put it over a steam kettle, you can watch the steam come right through it. 
So big deal in my world. And I saw something recently that made a lot of sense, but I want to ask Rich his opinion before I talk about the uh, the video that was shared with me. But what is the best way to soundproof a room? Of course, everybody says, hey, we just put bats on it. And I know that must be the cheapest way because by the time you get there, you just have a single wall, two by four divider. So really your options are limited by the, the construction of the framing. So um, is there another way to spend a little more money and get more soundproofing out of the insulation between, say, the master bedroom and the living room? There's different ways to do things. In the real world, you get better sound attenuation out of foam than you do out of fiberglass. And it's not because of the actual material. It's because of the installation. When we spray this, it's a custom fit. It touches all six sides of the cavity, whereas fiberglass You've got a guy out there with a razor knife in his pocket and he holds it up and he slashes down and he pushes it in and maybe it touches on two out of six sides. Maybe it touches on four out of six sides, but it's almost never touching six out of six sides. And so when you have, especially around a um, switch box or an electrical box, you know, go in any house and look at the fiberglass and you've got a little triangle where you can see through to the back of the, the back of the sheetrock or the back of the um, OSB. And that's direct sound transmission. There's nothing stopped. When you put that spray foam in place, you get laboratory conditions. You, you know, where when they did it in the laboratory, they measured between the studs with a micrometer to make sure it fit perfect. Nobody's using micrometers out there in the real world. Now, there's a limit to what insulation can do, period. So they make additional products that do a great job. Um, Mass-loaded vinyl. Um, There's a product called AcoustaBlock that now actually is a polymer that converts sound into minute amounts of heat. So it's actively canceling sound instead of passively canceling it. Um, And so I work with my customers to, to try to give them the best fit for what they want. If all they're trying to do is stop the sound of of a bathroom that's next to their living room, the simplest way to do that is with just a, a, a fiberglass bat. It's difficult to use spray foam for interior sound walls because it means somebody has to come in and put up half the sheetrock first so that we have something to spray. And so the likelihood of it all working out real well, pretty low. And I've I think I've had six customers in 16 years that said, look, I don't want a square inch of fiberglass in my house. I want foam everywhere. And that's just because they they are fearful of some of the side effects, some of the harmful effects of fiberglass or of cellulose. But for the most part, the short answer is affordability wise and convenience wise, the sound baths are going to do a reasonably good job. After that, you start doing special things with framing and using using more advanced materials so you can get closer to soundproofing. I'm glad you led into that because the example that Eric and I shared a while back and it got my attention because it uses the premise of thermal bridging. And basically they ran two side by side, two by four walls and the studs were spaced on eight inch centers and they offset the studs. So eight inches on one would be offset, you know, four inches on the other. And what that did is uh, they spray foamed one side of it. And I don't know, Eric, if you remember, but I think they may have batted the other side. Mm -hmm. And of course, like you mentioned, they put the the drywall on the interior side of the bathroom. And this was a half bath that was kind of stuck out into a living room area. So, uh, but you, you know, you go into an eight inch wide wall and that, that means a little thicker door jam and some other things that you have to accommodate. But 
in the big picture, the way that they offset the studs, it just made sense to me. I haven't tried this yet, but the fact that the vibration of the sound from the inside can't vibrate to the outside of the wall, that just made sense to me. And I think it sounds like it'll work pretty well. Yeah. And even even simpler than that, because you, you can get door jams that match up to a two by six. So a lot of my customers, when especially if they have a first floor master and the living room's right there, the real simple way is you use a two by six top plate and bottom plate, put two by fours, 12 inches on center and go forward, back, forward, back, forward, back. And then they do sheetrock that wall ahead and we fill the whole assembly with spray foam. And so now you've got a stud touching and on the back of it is two inches of foam. Then you've got a stud touching the back and on the front of it is two inches of foam. And so that does a very, that's as good as you're going to get for fairly conventional sound attenuation. Well, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm all in now. This spray foam insulation sounds fantastic. Rich Brown, I want to thank you for being on the show. And if someone wants to learn more about spray foam insulation, is there contact or a place for them to go to kind of get that information from you? They can go to my website at www.prime-energygroup.com, prime-energygroup.com. They can also call me direct. This is what I do all day. I talk about this stuff. My younger daughter actually sold spray foam to the principal of her high school because she'd heard me talk about it so many times. She slam dunked him. I walked in the door and he's like, where do I sign? And and so they are welcome to call me at 919-627-0218. And I want to add to that, if you want to just contact us through the website, I'll be happy to pass along Rich Brown's number and get you in contact with him directly. Well, Rich, if you see a phone call with the area code of the 252, you know it's me calling because this whole show has been fascinating and just the benefits of spray foam insulation. It's so clear. And I know a lot of listeners will feel the same way that they'll be contacting you and learning more about this just for the return on their investment. And of course, as Donnie said, we'll have all this information up on the website thecarolinacontractor.com. Remember, this was part two of this uh, show. We we did one last week with Rich, and that talks more about the details of spray foam and goes into the beginning stages of insulation. So if you're interested, go to thecarolinacontractor.com and get all the details. Again, thank you, Rich Brown from Prime Energy Group for being on the show and blessing us with your knowledge on spray foam insulation. And we will see you next week on the Carolina Contractor Show. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show. Learn more at thecarolinacontractor.com. Brought to you by GAF. We protect what matters most.